Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believing Saints, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your co-host, Kate Kistner, an editor at Canal Street Chronicles. And I'm Maddie Hudak, also an editor over at Canal Street Chronicles. Hey, what's going on, guys? This former New Orleans Saints cornerback, Delvin Bro here, New Orleans native. I just want to say thank you. Bro Show, out. Welcome back to episode six of Believing Saints. We're back here. We're going to do a very quick recap on the Carolina Panthers game in which the Saints won 33-7. And then we're going to obviously roll into what everyone wants to talk about, the wild card matchup with the Chicago Bears. So as always, guys, let's roll into it. Some quick reaction. Delvin, you're first yet. So what I got, we do what we're supposed to do against a struggling team like that, you know, uh, without our full healthy roster. Um, I love the way our secondary made plays in the back end uh, leading up into the wild card matchup. Uh, we continue this trend, uh, what they always say, defense wins championships, right? So we, we're definitely on our way. The running game was still efficient to me with Ty Montgomery and them going over 100 yards on the day. Uh, he's been a baller since Green Bay. I love that addition. If the game was being played on Saturday, I trust Montgomery to hold it down. I, I think he would uh, would do well. I think the way you phrased it is, is exactly how I feel. They, they did what they were supposed to do. It wasn't this high-flying game, even though they still scored 33 points on offense. But it, it's exactly how I've kind of felt. There's been this almost team reset since the Eagles game. I think they got caught on their heels. And I, I, I think it's exactly what happened in the Vikings game last year. And I'd rather have that happen in week 14 than in the first round of the playoffs. But I, I just feel like exactly that. You know, we can't totally denounce the loss of the entire running back room pretty much two days before. I am a huge Ty Montgomery fan as well. But the fact that we not only just rolled right through that but still committed to having a running game and still using this kind of faux breeze play action that we're seeing the Saints just they they have no quit this season to me yeah I, I really liked it and, and you know talk about breeze a little bit I thought that since the return of his injury he's looked better each in every game since coming back and I think that he looked a lot more comfortable in the pocket he was anticipating Hicks a little bit less on Sunday against the Panthers I really enjoyed watching him kind of make those steps to coming back and trying to be that guy for the Saints obviously it ties a, a, a feel-good story and him coming in playing 28 snaps all season before Sunday and then coming in and putting up over 100 yards. Again, a quick reaction to that for me, though, is that our O-line has been playing incredibly well, too, in the pass block, in the run block, excuse me, uh, game. And so Ty and Alvin and uh, even Latavius on Christmas Day were kind of able to take advantage of that. So we've talked about Drew. We've talked about Ty. We've talked about the O-line. Let's do a couple uh, game balls. We always do defense second. So why don't we do them first? Delvin, give me two game balls (laughs) on the defense. Yes, man. These guys played very well, man. Um, my first game ball, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Trey Hendrickson. Uh, he gets my game ball. He, you know, ties second in the league uh, with sex with, uh, sacks with Aaron Donald. He's been dominant this year. He got another second and a half this week. Hey, Cam, that was his man sack. Hey, that did give my man, shot change my man. That was Trey Hendrickson. He's supposed to have two, but he, 
he did not get it. Uh, he got a second half. So Trey Henderson gets my first game ball. Uh, and my second game ball goes out to uh, Haley, man, a cornerback who got to pick, uh, who, who got a pick this week, man. You know, this guy was undrafted. Right. He was called up to play. Uh, and look, he ain't just played, but he made an interception. You know, first of many hats off. Salute to you, man. Continue to keep growing, man. Awesome. There was an interception in the end zone, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like that's yeah. direct points. You know, you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I googled him after the game, and he doesn't even really have a Wikipedia page. But that's what I'm saying. yeah, so it's just it's great Crazy. that he we got to kind of throw that in there at the end of the season. That's some yeah. Yeah. I was trying to oh, yeah. look him up too during the game, and I was like, "Pro Football Reference." And I'm like, yeah, bro, this dude does not exist. I'm like, yes, it does. He's on my TV. <laughs> yeah, man. So I had to go find him, man. And that was I, I, I want to highlight that, man. Hey, Haley, keep going, man. Keep doing your thing. Awesome. All right, now offense. Uh, Maggie, I was selfish last week, so I'm going to let you have it. First game ball on the offense. Uh, I'm going to give it to mm, Taysom Hill. I, I, I was torn there. I, I think that he just hasn't gotten any credit this season for what he's done outside of being, you know, the next heir apparent to Drew Brees. I feel like we've kind of hyper-focused on that. And and no one's talked about the fact that he has not, knock on wood, but he has not fumbled the ball in the last couple of games. Oh, you he's looked a lot. No. I knocked on wood. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I'll take full responsibility if it happens in the wild card round. Me and Taysom will go to the, get our dumps caps and head down. <laughs> but he just seems like that anxiety and pressure about like proving himself is kind of off and he's just back to having fun but you can't have that offense that we had he was out there blocking a lot he took a lot of a lot of snaps as a quarterback and and now again you don't know if he's gonna throw it or if he's gonna run it he took a load off the running back room he honestly is the backup for like 15 positions which also is slightly worrisome when you consider these outbreaks because good thing Taysom wasn't in running back meetings because if he was then we would potentially have no special teams no tight ends no quarterbacks so I've heard people talking about after the Browns game or I'm sorry like the Browns COVID outbreak about whether or not they should be bubbling Sean Payton but frankly they should be bubbling Taysom Hill because he it's like a super spreader mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. no that's a that's a really good point actually because uh, he can he plays so many positions we kind of joke about it in the media a little bit but uh to be quite frank you're you're right i mean you people say well bubble Jameis winston keep a quarterback in quarantine i mean like Taysom is the guy to, to bubble you're right um so uh you know i, I kind of was deliberating a little bit on who i was gonna give my game ball to and our guy jared cook you know we talk about him and then he shows up but here's the thing is he's had a couple of games not not my guy this week he's expected to do that Emmanuel Sanders, he he went, he got his money, he hit his uh his sixty catch incentive, got paid a little bit. But the guy that I want to highlight this week is uh, Marquez Callaway, another undrafted free agent. You know, I feel like the Saints are hitting on these guys season after season. Last year it was Deontay Harris became a Pro Bowler. Now we got Marquez Callaway. The chemistry that he's building with Drew Brees, especially late in the season, heading into the playoffs, uh, he's just—he's a guy that, uh, and I wrote about this a little bit. I don't want to overreact here. He looks like Marquez Colston. I mean, he—he—he he, he does. I don't think he's there yet, but I, I really liked what I saw of him on Sunday, and I think he might be the the X factor uh, heading into the the playoffs here. Hey, hey, it's crazy that you say that because I actually have him down as an X factor for um the playoffs. I got. Taysom and Marquez Callaway, but I got Callaway on special teams. I haven't met. He's been doing 
really well on special teams. Him and Justin Hardy, I think those guys are going to be really, really huge key factors in a, uh, in a special teams game. And I had Taysom Hill. We're going to need him. He's definitely going to be the versatile guy. And we definitely, if we have to do a bubble, he would be the guy to bubble just because he goes around the room. So y'all touched on two great points. Awesome. Yeah, so, you know, obviously that 33-7 that to 7 game, uh, you know, again, it's kind of tough to, to have any type of real takeaways. You know, the Panthers weren't really playing for anything other than maybe bragging rights. Teddy Bridgewater was set uh, or sat down pretty much the entire second half, you know. So that means the, the defense was – Doing their job, keeping the game out of reach for the Panthers. Delvin, what are kind of some things that you saw that were going right for the defense all, all Sunday? Man, everything, everything, everything. Um, you know, the, the guys are playing well. Like I said, that's what we were supposed to do against a, a weaker opponent like that. You're supposed to go out there and dominate from the beginning to the end, and that's what I saw. We played our asses off. I loved how we played with swagger. All them guys out there dancing, having fun, not catching interceptions. That's what you want leading into the playoffs because now you have that confidence. Now you're building that momentum. And, man, all we're going to do from there is just take flight. Like they say, defense wins championships, and I'm relying heavily on the same defense to win a championship this year. You talked about that last week, like how it, it, it's so palpable that the defense is just having fun. And that's, at minimum, something that is noticeably different than this time last year. I feel like we were sort of trending downward at this point, uh, despite the recent stumbles against Philadelphia. I think not only have we recovered, but I think we're actually stronger for that. Whereas I felt like last year, our tumble against the Falcons was a little unexpected. and. Then the Niners game, it was a great game, but it was ultimately another loss. And that was a game that took out a lot of our our line on both sides of the ball. And so we were heading into this matchup with kind of a depleted O-line, a depleted defense, a lot of disappointment from losing that seed in the last week, whereas it kind of felt like this week, we, we've we kind of accepted the second seed as the most likely fate, in my opinion, for the last couple of weeks now. And, and so it just seems like the team, like you said, they're, they're having fun. This is a game they should win. That doesn't mean to go into it unprepared. And I think the Saints are the first team to, you know, know that you can't do that in the playoffs and uh, are quite literally the most recent example of that. And then that's exactly why I think the week 14 loss was, was so crucial because that's exactly, in my opinion, what happened last year. A lot injuries, yes, but a lot of getting caught on their feet and being unprepared. Whereas I don't, I don't think, you know, as much as we can joke about Mitch Trubisky here, you know, one way or the other, I don't think the Saints are, are going into this acting like he's any type of slouch. Yeah, I think you're you're right. And that kind of, yeah, I had some observations on Sunday with the defense, and I just kind of want to get your guys' opinion on, you know, if I'm right or wrong for looking at this. So I felt, especially in the first half, it seemed almost like clockwork. The Panthers' offense would get the ball, they would drive downfield, and then all of a sudden, the Saints' defense would kind of snap into it and then get an interception in the red zone or the end zone. And so they were giving up yardage, I felt like, especially early on in the game. But then when it really came down to it, they were executing kind of at the last moment. If that's a trend that we see, I feel like these better teams, especially these playoff caliber teams that the Saints would be facing in the playoffs, might be able to kind of, you know, finish off that drive with points. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just curious, Delvin, if like, you know, if you kind of, you know, were watching the same thing, it almost seemed like Groundhog Day. Panthers get the ball, move all the way downfield, and then the Saints will get intercepted. We have to eliminate those plays. You know, it's it's, it's twenty plus explosive, explosive plays. That's what uh, the secondary room calls it, right? It, it's any uh, pass in the air over twenty plus yards. It's called an explosive play. We gave up too many of them this week. We can't do that. 
We can't keep putting the stress uh, uh, on us to, to make a play down there in the red zone. We have to eliminate those plays in, in mid-play, like in midfield. We have to do that. That's going to definitely kill us. Like you say, you have uh, Aaron Rodgers, you have uh, Mr. Bisky, guys who take the shot. They're definitely going to be looking for those deep digs. I'm telling you right now, Chicago is going to be looking for the deep digs and they're going to be looking for the deep dig and goals. I'm telling you right now, it's coming and we have to be prepared for it. Right. Here's, here's my only caveat though, just like on evaluating this last game. I just, I remember, I think I texted you during the game, Kate, asking, I was is our defense playing good or bad? Like it was to the point where I genuinely like couldn't tell. And I think that there was a lot of scoreboard watching going on. And I think that the Saints knew who their opponent was. I think they were pretty much in prevent defense from the start of the first quarter. And I I, I think there was never any danger of this game slipping away. Uh, so I, I personally saw that they were almost like trying out a couple of new schemes. I don't know if you guys caught Zach Bond was on the tight ends a couple of times. And that, that kind of stuck out to me. So I don't know if they were kind of honestly using this game as a time to kind of try out these types of coverage schemes. But it just never seemed to me like we were ever totally in this game. But I still think, nonetheless, the the red zone interceptions are encouraging. Uh, we can't rely on those, obviously, in the playoffs. But I also don't think the Saints are going to kind of be playing the way they were down the field. Yeah, you're right. And I think, um, you know, again, like, I think you're right. There's definitely some scoreboard watching going on. Because the Saints' focus is now on the wild card round on Sunday. It's on the Chicago Bears. And we have to make sure, not we, but the team has to make sure that, you know, they get over this hump, this wild card hump, the, the, like you said, Maggie, the Bears are not slouches. They've played very well the last four weeks. They even played okay against the pa- uh, the Packers during the first, you know, two or three quarters uh, of Sunday's game. And so with that being said, there's a lot of things that the Saints are going to have to worry about to make sure that they get over this bump and they get to the divisional round. And, you know, you know, we got to think about, well, what are those things? What, you know, based off the last three games, what do the Saints have to work on to get there? I think the obvious ones are just mentality and health. I think we the these answers, you get a couple of key players back. That solves a lot of the problems we've seen the last couple of weeks. But I think as much as we talk about this early wildcard exit and the Bears, you know, not to underestimate them, I don't think anyone is more keenly aware of that than Sean Payton. I think as much as we talk about the last couple of years of the playoffs, he's very, you know, personally lived through them. And and so he, they, the Saints know that they can't have a repeat of last year. We'll never be able to explain it away. Uh, you know, how do you explain this roster and the teams we've beat and, and the level that we've played? And then another first round wild card loss as the, you know, the top seed in that and, and to a team that in any other year wouldn't be in the playoffs. I think we can't underestimate the Bears, but at the same time, this is straight up a game that the Saints should win six ways to Sunday, as long as they come prepared that this is nonetheless a playoff game and we don't get to call them, like you said, Delvin the other week, a bunch of scrubs, because that's exactly how the Saints end up losing to Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles, who did not win a game thereafter, I don't think. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that, that's exactly my notes, too. We, we got to stop the run, eliminate the quarterback. Uh, Montgomery's been on fire. Um, we have to tackle well. We have to get off the field on third downs. We have to get off the field. We cannot. Uh, we cannot keep letting those guys complete those uh, com- conversions on third down. We have to get off the field. And and like I said, we have to eliminate those penalties. We can't keep beating ourselves. The only way we're going to continue to keep climbing is if we don't beat ourselves. We cannot put the game in the referee's hands. We've seen it the last few years. We cannot 
do it. It starts now. We cannot let the refs call the game for us. We cannot get no penalties. We have to eliminate all the things that's going to distract us from getting to the next level. We know where we want to go. We know as, as who that nation, as, as the Saints, we know where we want to go. We can't let the other people decide that fate for us. And, and, and the ref point, I think, is a really important one to keep in mind. And, and you see it a lot. It's kind of like a microcosm where the, the special teams play with Anzalone a couple of weeks ago where, where fans were like lamenting on that. Oh, yeah. we, the Saints shouldn't have to be relying on a special teams turnover in order to win a football game. Just like the Giants shouldn't be, you know, relying on a, a four and 11 one team to win a football game. That means nothing to them to get into the playoffs with six wins. Put yourself in the position so that if there are those factors out of your control, you're still high enough above them. Was the no call in, in, in the Rams game egregious and like in, in, in just indefensible? Yes, but people have used this as the immediate counterpoint. Yeah, we could have been in a different position where we that first down didn't need to decide the game and, and we did have the chance to finish it out and, and at the end of the day, we we didn't. So fate, like you said, put it in our hands. I, 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 if the refs screw it up for us again, I, at this point, it's the Saints' fault for not putting themselves in a better position. You know, I, I can't do this another year in a row. So, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I think another benefit too of being able to play the Bears is that they're not an opponent that we're going to see every single year. Uh, but luckily, we did get to play them earlier on in the season yeah. and we beat them uh, thanks to uh, Will Lux, you know, 26 to 23. That's one of those games where that could have been decided by the referees and we can't put our you know self in that position again but the difference between the bears that we played back you know in, earlier in the season and who we're playing now in the wild card is that that bears team ran nick Foles out as the starting quarterback and he didn't play particularly well. Uh, on top of that, Delvin, as you mentioned, Montgomery has been a completely different player uh, in the second half of the season. And so I think it's kind of hard to compare a Mitchell Trubisky, who has been, with some caveats, pretty good uh, the, down the stretch. You know, his receivers are playing well. David Montgomery's playing likes out. So I think that it's, it's kind of hard to compare the two games. However, you know, you still have, you know, Matt Nagy calling plays and stuff like that. but. That was going to be my counterpoint is that it, it's at the end of the day, it's still the team that rushed out Nick Foles. It's just that now they have Mitch Trubisky out there, but it's still the same decision-making. And what I think is the bigger takeaway is that we're not the same saints that we were that week. As much as the bears might be a slightly different version of themselves with a better run game. I think that that was one of our, you know, worser points this season. And one of those ugly wins that we were lucky to get away with. And like you said, it, it was one of those games that a ref call could have decided it. And, and so I, I think that the saints are just in a different place than they were. And that that's more important to me than, than the bears having Mitch Trubisky out there. I think that difference is, <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, we got to kill ahead of the snake, right? We got to kill ahead of the snake, right? They want to put him out there. We got to go at him early. Yeah. We got Trey Henderson. I need you, baby. Hey, I, and I think he's going to have about two sacks this week. Him and Cam Jordan. I think they're going to, I think they're definitely going to have a great game this week. Um, I know Sean and I know Dennis Allen is drawing up something to where they're going to get mismatches because I know the inside interior with Chicago wasn't doing that well the last time we played. So I know Dennis Allen is going to work the inside interior. So be looking forward to seeing Cam Jordan inside. Side, working the one on uh, working the one on one matchups this week. Yeah, I'd love to see that, and I think that could be a, a key to especially uh, getting a getting a mix and uh, putting some pressure on them, and maybe changing the course of the game. You know, we've talked about the Bears quite a bit. You know, who are they going to run out there? And what's it going to look like? But I think what a lot of people want to know right now is is Michael Thomas going to come back off 
the you know injured reserve. Is Alvin is Alvin Kamara going to be out there? Is he going to get his three negative tests in a row and be ready to go on uh, on Sunday? Is Latavius Murray going to be back? And maybe just as importantly on the other side of the ball is Marcus Williams, who is really kind of starting to solidify himself as an elite safety. Is he going to come back and give a massive boost to the secondary? I mean, these are all questions that we can kind of speculate on, but I mean, they would be massive boosts to, to both sides of, of the ball uh, for this team. If, you, uh, if I had to pick between if I think Thomas or Kamara plays this Sunday, I, I would say Thomas personally. I think that Kamara, they can't, he can't practice. So he is going to be 10 days cold. And, you know, God forbid he tweaks a hamstring just because he's not totally warmed up versus Thomas and Breeze. If they could, if I, I keep thinking of what Delvin said a couple weeks ago, if Drew doesn't have any rust. And I've really been trying to keep that in mind when I am evaluating these things. But sometimes our offense does feel a little stale and it sometimes needs even just a half to get back into a rhythm with that type of receiver back in there. But the Bears are someone we can afford to kind of try that out for a half against. Whereas next week, I, I think we either play the Rams or the Seahawks. I don't think there's a way that we play anyone else. Mm-hmm. We can't, you know, it, it can't be the same way against them. We don't have a half to kind of spare there. So I think if we see one or the other get out there, I think it's Thomas just because I, I think he is, you know, that missing piece heading into the Super Bowl. And the more reps they can get, the better for me. Yeah. I mean, I think with Thomas too, you know, he's out. They put him on the IR because of the high ankle sprain that he suffered in week one. He came back, he played some games, and then he's missed the last three. So he is eligible to come back. And I was kind of reading somewhere, some people were kind of speculating that the only reason that Mike Thomas was put on the IR is because it was still nagging him a little bit. He could play. He was playing effectively, quite frankly. But hey, let's not take the risk playoff spot is clinched put him on the IR so with that being said I feel like if there's any time to have a player play at 90 or 95 percent especially if Michael Thomas's caliber this is the game to do it the playoffs are the time to do it and they put him on the IR in preparation for this I just to me I don't really see any way in which Thomas doesn't start the game but you know in reality you know Delvin you said cut the head off the snake in terms of Mitch Trubisky well the head of our serpent is Drew Brees and so we've seen Drew incrementally get better each week that he's been back from his injury but does he have another level Delvin do you think he's got another level that he can kind of tap into for the playoffs and instead of throwing for 250 yards and two touchdowns does he have again him if he has to uh, you know sling it out throw 400 yards and four touchdowns man absolutely man come on now man listen to me i i hear all these these rumors talking about he thinking about retiring i don't know how true is it man but i think drew has another two years left in the tank man i i, I think we're about to see something amazing happen this week um but but like i said we don't need to do anything different man drew man we don't need to do anything different take our dinks and don't take our little shot holes uh take our little uh our little all go specials to jericho keep doing we to run the ball that's what was successful if we run the ball it opens up all those passing lanes let's keep doing that we don't need to do anything different let drew keep doing what he's doing man and and, and like i said just being being for a surprise this week here's a, a noticeable difference to me with like breeze and, and the offense as this is a familiar problem with breeze not having a bunch of offensive weapons out there but the turnaround that we saw yes having callaway back was incredibly helpful last week but ultimately he's only played a couple games this season he was an undrafted rookie you know it, he shouldn't be the wide receiver too in the saints offense but he was but the 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 play calling and the game plan this year is just so 
excellent to me. There's the, the simple little tweaks of those kind of pseudo again, play actions. You could tell the receivers like Austin Carr and, and Jawan Johnson and those players, that's where they got open. And that's how they were able to kind of make those plays. And I think the saints have just done a, a great job this season of really just rolling with the punches and I don't know if we can win the Super Bowl with the receiving corp that we have, but I think we can get through the first round of the playoffs without Michael Thomas personally. And I don't know if that's something that we could have necessarily said about our offense at this time last year. Yeah, I agree with you. Why and can't we? Uh, why can't we? I think we can win with the receivers we got. Why not? Yeah. Man, we we, we won games with him uh, without Michael Thomas. I think we can go. I, man, listen to me. As long as we got Drew putting, you know, putting the balls in us, I think we can win it all, oh, man. Man, yeah. listen, you have to have faith, un, a believing amount of faith. I believe in him. I think we can win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I mean, I, really, I think Drew has proven time and time again that with whatever receiving core he has, he's done it his entire career. He did it again on Sunday that he's elevating guys, that he's elevating undrafted free agent rookies. Yeah, Look he's, at Tom Brady. Yeah. Look at Tom. Tom has done it numerous of times. Yes, I think, man, I know we can win a Super Bowl with the receivers we got. Yeah, no matter. So it, it, I agree, but I think that, you know, it's tougher slugging, right? You know, when you don't have Mike Thomas out there, obviously you don't have one of the best receivers in the in the world uh, out there on the field. It definitely makes it tougher slugging. It's not impossible, but I, I definitely think that it makes it um, a little bit And guys got to step up, though, but guys got to step up. Marquez Callaway, we just said he's going to be a, a, a key guy we're going to need. He has to be that all-pro. We need him to be an all-pro. We can't make excuses for nobody. We need him to be an all-pro. Mike Thomas can't go. We need somebody else in there that's going to fill up. You be better than Mike Thomas, right? Because think about it, everybody has an opportunity. This is this guy opportunity to show what he can do for the world. I'm not yeah. about to take no backseat to nobody. I'm about to sit up here and come show you what I can do. So why not take advantage of this opportunity? Just because Mike T ain't playing or he might, okay, and I'm Marquez Callaway. Oh, I'm Jawan Johnson. I'm going to come out here and I'm the all pro. Let me show you. Or I'm Austin like, Carr. I'm going to score a touchdown on Sunday Austin against Carr, the Panthers. I'm show you. Like, it don't matter. <laughs> bro. It's a game. It don't matter who's, I, we all are superstars. Every receiver on that list is a superstar. You have to make your plays when it's your turn. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to, again, I mean, so we've opened up one can of worms. So, you know, <laughs> screw it. Let's open up another one. Let's circle back to something Delvin said like 10 minutes ago. Are you talking about Drew Brees not uh, retiring? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, I've seen these reports just like everyone else has. This is Drew's last season. He's Welcome to, to deal with NBC. He signed a deal with NBC before this season even started. We were talking about this a year ago. Is this Drew's last ride? Probably. No, it wasn't. Here we are. Same thing. <laughs> In our group message we have with Canal Street Chronicles, we've got 14 out of 16 people saying Drew's totally done. There's no way. And you know who the two people are saying that that's not true? Me and Maggie. That's it. That's the only people. Um, yeah. I don't think wow. there's any shot in hell that Drew Brees retires this season. Not without having fans in the stands. You know, people are like, well, wow. oh, he got injured. That, well, you know what? He came back in four weeks. You know why? He's a competitor. He's not going to do that if he's like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to retire after the season. No. He's a competitor. And you know what? He's still got plenty of years left in him. And that guy has always said that as long as he can play football effectively and to the level that he wants, He's going to. And I see him since his injury or from the return of his injury. And he's done exactly that. He's been effective. And on Sunday, he was beyond effective. I, I just think his return trajectory the last two seasons just couldn't make it more clear to me that this guy just wants to keep playing. Like I've gotten kicked in, in the ribs before in a soccer game. And I feel like I've been out of commission longer than he was with 11 rib fractures. And, and a, I, was it collapsed or punctured? I feel like we misdiagnosed yeah, yeah, Breeze yeah, like collapsed. multiple times. 
<laughs> but I, I, that's my thing is the fans. And I recently rewatched like his nine for nine series. And the last topic is, is legacy. I don't get that much into the Drew Brees MVP talk just because it's it, there's a, it's a never-ending circle. There is no conclusion. But I, as much as I you know think Drew wants to win one of those awards, I think he understands his meaning and impact is more with the city of New Orleans than than a player really has ever, at least in my lifetime, had so you know instantaneously and with such a unfathomable event that they really like persevered through together. You saw it in the. Uh, the now Washington football team where he was the NFL's all-time passing leader. And he did this kind of lap around the stadium where he kind of just kept reaching out to the fans and, and, and really reveling in that moment. I went to one of the games this year. It's not the same. It, 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 was, it was the game that he also got killed in, but it's just the atmosphere has not been Houdat Nation whatsoever. And if Drew can't go out with an MVP, he at least needs to go out with an actual proper goodbye that he deserves. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. And actually that game, Maggie and I were actually going to go watch that together. I'm kind of glad I didn't have to sit there and watch Drew get pummeled. I don't think that, uh, I don't think my soul could have taken it. Now, now I, I was planning on maybe going to the Eagles one before everything got shut yeah. down. But after that game, I was like, I'm not stepping foot in another Saints game. And like, I got the message. I'm, I'm out. Well, we've had some fiery conversations today. And I love it. So yeah, let's cool it down a little bit here uh, and, and, and wrap this up. Let's do some score predictions just like we always do. Ladies first, Maggie, give me your uh, give me your score prediction for Wild Card Weekend. Uh, okay, I'm gonna say 31 to 17 Saints get some Dylan. of the uh, Super Bowl XLIV uh, score. Ooh, oh, I, just, I, I think if we can't, we we put up 27 points against them with a less good version of this offense, especially if Michael Thomas is back. And as long as Taysom Hill isn't actually hurt, I, I'm not sure if there's been any updates on him kind of leaving that game uh but 33 points is easy and and if Mitch Trubisky and the Bears put up more than 20 something points against us then then it's concerning so that that's a score that I would be happy with on both sides Elvin yeah oh man I'm gonna have to take uh I'm gonna go with the Saints I'm 30 37 I think it's gonna be like 37 to 24 I want to say 37 to 24. Nice yeah I, I kind of am looking back 26 23 the first time around we talked about how they're both different teams uh I kind of am looking a little bit at the Vikings game how they kind of put up 33 points on the Saints and I think you get Marcus Williams back maybe a little bit more of a game changer I I I think with Trubisky being being pretty good lately and Montgomery I'm gonna say the Saints up I think the Saints drop a 40-burger, so I'm going to say 41 Saints, but I think it's going to be closer than most people realize, and it's going to go 34 Bears. So 41 Saints, 34 Bears. Okay. Like, this is the type okay. of game where you'd expect people to give, like, a low-scoring <laughs> pound-and-ground kind of game. Yeah. Like, it's it's the Bear. But I thought mine was a little high on the score, and we just kept raising the uh, <laughs> So this game is going to be nine six Saints, just so everyone's aware. <laughs> I mean, just for just for reference, one, two, three, four, five. The last six games, the Bears have put out more than thirty points. Thirty yeah. points, exactly. So now, yeah. now oh, they yeah. won't. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> how it works. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, as always, make sure you catch us next Tuesday as we recap the wild card.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.